episode 76. Thanks for joining Strange Brow Radio. I'm your host, Hope Johnson, and this month, this day out of the month, it's time for another Ales and Tales with Alex Whitcomb. The topic at hand, debunking, taking a closer look at phenomena and separating the wheat from the chaff, even in our own lives. So more of that in a moment with my dear friend Alex. But first, do check out Feral by Aaron, E-R-Y-N, at Etsy.com. Aaron is spelled E-R-Y-N, Feral by Aaron. Alchemy sound tools, drums, rattles, smudge fans, museum-quality handcrafted spirit tools, and now chrome stones. (laughs) No, not kidney stones. (laughs) No, not that. Check out uh, Feral by Aaron, E-R-Y-N. Much cooler than kidney stones. All right, we'll be back in a moment with Ales and Tales. So it is Memorial Day weekend. Perhaps you're listening to this on Memorial Day. So if you can, light a candle in remembrance of those who have passed on or those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. Maybe five minutes out of your day will go a long way in the future. With that said, I made my own pilgrimage out to a cemetery. You asked me to, after all. It was in regards to what we call a strange stroll. And so off I went to Hidden Hill Cemetery in hand with only a digital recorder and a can of Rainier beer. And for 30 minutes, I was in the cemetery at night, strolling around, rolling camera, paying attention, looking, listening, and feeling. So you can catch that footage if you want at strangebrowradio.com and hopefully we do some more of those in the future. I'm trying to do them once a month. And you can vote on where to send me and that will be available probably at the website, definitely on Facebook. And my guest today, Alex, my friend, we're going to try to send him as well. And hopefully he can find some incredible place to go up in Quadra Island, Canada. And do the same thing. So we'll be sending Alex here shortly. So for this month's edition of Ales and Tales, we thought it was high time that we get into talking about debunking. And so that's a multi-layered issue that can really bum people out. But I think it's a healthy thing to put in your toolbox. Because not everything's paranormal or supernatural. Some things can be explained just with a click on the keyboard or a phone call to a friend. And Alex, as you'll hear, is a bit of an expert when it comes to wildlife explanations taking root over the supernatural. So my conversation and another edition of Ales and Tales... Hello, Tobe. All right. How's it going? <laughs> We're doing good, man. Um, 
We're doing good. We just uh, have company coming in from out of town, and they're going to arrive tomorrow around noon. So I've been out uh, getting the uh, trailer and turn it into a Squatch Mobile. You know, it uh, it already had a few squatchy memorabilia things like air fresheners and casts, yeah. but now it's over the top. So we're having a couple <laughs> Squatchers out here. So nice. yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, th- I think I saw you. I think I saw a bit of that on one of your uh, oh, yeah. the stories there. Yeah, yeah, and you're doing the same. You you came into possession of uh, a fine fortified uh, tenement on wheels. Oh my, yes. Well, <laughs> you know what this this needs a lot of work, and I knew that when I was going into it. But uh, yeah, the more I dig into it, the the more uh, money signs keep popping up. Oh, yeah, that's going to cost. But uh, whatever. Uh, it's my trailer now, and it's my tiny home. And I am loving it. I love it. I love my trailer. <laughs> it will soon be a glorious, glorious space. Uh, okay, do you want to get into it? I mean, since we're... Uh, we've already kind of talked about this off the record here. Do you want to talk about your trailer on the record as far as what you think may be happening? Yeah, yeah, I would love to. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I made this deal uh, like a, like almost a year ago um, when I was really wanting to get out of the space I was in and, uh, and just get a truck and a travel trailer and hit the road so i struck a deal with the local uh local um, auto dealer um he actually approached me and well uh the deal was that uh okay truck travel trailer trade for a driftwood vw bug that uh, we can put on the lot and invite more customers in so i got that done i finally got the vw done uh it was a hell of a project but uh, I am so happy it's done, and that I was like, okay, it's time to get my trailer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I brought it over, uh, and when I was vacuuming it out the first night, I think it was the first night I had it, well, I mean, the second night I had it, when I was vacuuming it out, I heard a man's voice like right behind me in the trailer. And mind you, I did have the vacuum going, it's very loud, but it was very distinct, like man's voice. So it's, I, I clicked off the va- clicked off the vacuum, stepped outside. There's nobody around. It's you know, it's quite an open space here. There's there's no real neighbors within. Uh, I don't know, like 400 feet. So, I kind of okay, yeah, that's that happened. Mark that up. And uh, the next day, the next morning, it, it had like this old couch unit in it and, a, and, a, and some, some garbage in it. And so I started hauling that out in the morning. And I was feeling great. Like I was, I was super positive, super up, super energetic. I got up feeling um, just, it was a great day. And within, I don't know, 10 minutes of trying to move that stuff out of there, and it wasn't it wasn't just me like wrestling with couches out like a small trailer door. Uh, within ten minutes, 
I, there was this heaviness that came in, this oppressive, like heaviness in my head. And I got really angry, really fast and started actually swearing um, words that I don't normally swear. And so I, I, okay, I gotta, gotta get this done and like tuck it all out the door. And the whole day after that, um, that oppressive fog um, in my head, like I, I was just down, down, down. And I tried so hard to get out of it. I was like, okay, uh, just got get in the garden and maybe plant a few plants. I could barely do that. I was so, I was so exhausted. And, and like later on, I think it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, I, I'm still going through this. And I was like, okay, well, what the hell is this? Oh, 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 okay. Oh, I recognize these symptoms. Like when I've encountered discarnate, entities before i usually get blasted with this like oppressive tired heavy like bag of hammers like all over me and it takes me a while to actually like realize it and 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 get myself out of it so as soon as i kind of realized it it took me an hour to get out of it and get clear headed again uh, but okay, yeah, I thought that there might be some spirit in the trailer, some kind of entity, energy, whatever you want to call it. So uh, I think it was the next morning I went in there to, sh I, I did, uh, yeah, I was uh, doing some video to send you of the trailer and I just did a little interior tour and for shits and giggles, I was like, okay, well, well, let's see if we can contact anything. If there's something in here, I, so I, I click the video on my iPad, I'm looking, I'm pointing it towards the back of the trailer. I'm like, hello, 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 is there anybody in here? Is there anybody in here? Hello. And got what seemed like there was a response. This bang. <laughs> Uh, which I immediately wrote off as the door, the back door being open and maybe shutting in the wind. I, like I say it on video, oh, no, it's just the door shutting in the wind. Um, but I went outside and like tested the door and it does not make that sound at all. And when it does shut, it shuts closed. It doesn't, doesn't um, kind of wrap against the, the trailer so i did some further like examining and i have really really tried to find the source of that sound because it came from directly from the back of the trailer and the only thing that i could possibly find that made that sound was one of the uh cupboard doors uh, in the in the bedroom area of the trailer and it's the only one that doesn't have a latch. So I did some video, I tested it and just slammed it a couple times. And to me, it sounds incredibly similar. It may not be like 100%, but it sounds incredibly similar. 
to, I would say like maybe 90% similar. Uh, I tried to set my iPad up like, you know, where I was standing in the trailer at the time to, to get the, get the right, uh, right acoustics and everything. And yeah, <laughs> uh, I did have a, I did a, have another instance today actually, uh, but, um, or, or yesterday, sorry. And, uh, with the, that oppressive feel to it and managed to get out of that pretty quickly just because I realized what it was. But yeah, so I may have a haunted trailer. I, uh, I've been sleeping in it. The sleeps are good, but whenever I whenever I screw around with something in there, and move something or or like take something apart, um, that's when I get hit with that uh, that oppressive feeling. But I, I'm willing. I, I'm totally willing to like throw my all into like debunking this, because yeah, I, I don't really want a haunted trailer, so I'd rather it be something you know innocuous. Yeah, well, maybe if you can get him to chip in on, you know, gas miles or propane. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> yeah, yeah. Might be worth it, but. Yeah, you, you, you got to do half the pad right, okay? <laughs> That's right, man. I don't right, know what you're going to do. Maybe you can protect the property. But... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it, it gets into the uh, the whole resto mod, you know, uh, as far it as. Does. Yeah. what's What's happening uh, in a haunted house seems to maybe be happening in a haunted trailer by the way you're describing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, I, I called the guy up. I was like, Hey, <laughs> so the trailer I got, uh, um, I'm just wondering about the backstory. He's like backstory. What do you mean? Like who lived in it before? Cause I think it's haunted. And he just laughed. He's like, Oh my God, that's great. No, no, nobody died in it. There was a guy living in it went back to the east coast and I'm like okay but i got another trailer on the lot if you want it it's haunted somebody somebody died in that one <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh well that gets us to the the topic today which is uh debunking and you know i you sent me the video of the sound of the cupboard slamming and what I heard sounded pretty darn similar, but it, you know, this stuff will drive you crazy if you let mm -hmm. it. You really have to let go of the importance of it and just say, well, you know, there's not much you can do about it. I mean, it's an event that happened. It happens all over the world. Is this one of the events or is this just me looking down the rabbit hole for no reason? But, yeah. um, I mean, you described some really interesting uh, things before your trailer and of course it gets into the fact maybe alex has uh a ghost around him do you ever think of that like Ooh. is there something maybe you know hanging around huh hanging around well i i, I i've never heard that uh hey you might have a ghost hanging around um I have had stuff hang around before, that's for sure, and uh, had to tell it to f off. Um, but uh, as far as a, a spirit, a ghost, I don't. Maybe that's a, that's a distinct possibility. <laughs> you uh, could have a Canadian Klingon just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just 
gripping to the last. Uh... Yeah. All right. Well, this is, uh, this is the sound of uh, a Rainier getting cracked. I think it's time uh, I celebrate uh, the mountain in my backyard. So that's what I've got with me is a ice cold Rainier. I did buy a Cheers 24 pack from uh, Costco. Actually, has a nice size uh, 24 pack for I think it was under 18 bucks. And what? so yeah, <laughs> so cheap down there. <laughs> Yeah. I, I paid I paid four dollars and twenty six cents for my one can of beer today. Oof, my gosh! <laughs> Is it, well, they call that a sin tax down here. You a know, sin tax. Would yeah. It, yeah so mean? if you buy a pack of smokes, or if you buy um, hard alcohol, they tax. Oh, I see. Like an sin tax. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like you're a sinner. Yeah. 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 Well. Let me see what I got here. Okay. So I reached out for this one and didn't realize that they didn't say what it, what I thought it said um, until I got it home. So this is from Land and Sea Brewing Company in Comox, BC. Uh, it's a pretty new startup, uh, craft brewery. And they have their... They're regular labels, but they, but they leave a blank space for them to actually write in with a sharpie what beer it is. So they do it all by hand. Wow. And when I was looking in the in the cooler, I was like, it was slightly turned. And I was like, oh, Bigfoot blonde. Oh, okay, that's got to come through. Yeah, that's got to be a that's got to be an ales and tails beer. But it does not say Bigfoot blonde. Uh, it is very it is very close it says Beaufort Blonde and Beaufort. Beaufort is a mountain range here on Vancouver Island okay so, well there's probably yeah. a Bigfoot on Beaufort oh I would uh, I would think so I would love to get to the foot of that ah there we go I would love to get to the foot of the mountain there again because I read some really interesting uh sightings Orb reports uh, there, right at the foot of the Beauforts. Right at the so, foot. Well, yeah. maybe that can be one of your uh, first strain strolls because uh, we gotta gotta get uh, we gotta send Alex. I know, to... I know. That looks so much fun. It looks like so much fun. So, All right, yeah. well, let's talk a little bit about the strain stroll business. Let's get it out of the way. Um, people voted. Uh, not very many people here, based on. My inability to put some kind of poll up on Facebook, so I'm going to have to find a better way than a QR code. I mean, mm -hmm. folks, a, a QR code is a really simple tool. All you do is you stick your phone up to it and uh, put the turn the camera on, and, and it basically recognizes a barcode, a square barcode, and sends you to a website. In this case, it was a polling site. But you brought up a good point that it's one step too many. You know, it's one step too many. They got to yeah. go down and get their phone. They don't want to do it there. Maybe on their phone. How are they going to take a picture with their phone? Yeah. And it just gets into a clusterfuck. So we'll simplify the polling. And I think I've got a couple of places already picked out here. But for this one, people had the choice to send me to uh, Sorceress Hollow, which was a, a, a wooded. It's a preserve. A, a, you know, it's a park. Uh, from maybe less than four miles from where we live. Uh, but it's a huge 
preserve. And um, there's an area there called Sorceress Hollow. And uh, I got the, the only place that it, I didn't even see the sign when we got to the uh, area. And before I got to it, I was like, I'm getting kind of the spidey senses here. And I turned up and I see the name of it. It's like, oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> so the, the place uh, name thing. The yeah. place name, yeah. Check out uh, yeah. some of the place names. Check out Henry Franzoni's book, Spirit of Seattle, on place names. It was really one of the first books that got me going. But uh, anyway, back to Strange Strolls. The other option, uh, you know, if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, we basically set set up a uh, choose-your-own-adventure for myself and eventually Alex here. So in this case, you can choose your Tobe adventure, and uh, you can decide where to send me at Odark30. The other place that, I, that people had the option to send me was a place called um, Hidden Hill Cemetery. And at Hidden Hill Cemetery, you'd be able to uh, send me to a place that I've only spoken about once, and it's called Starvation Heights. And I uh, keep calling her Mary Hazard for some reason, but her name was Linda Hazard. And... Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something sounded wrong. Yeah. Mary right. Hazard. So if you look up Mary Hazard, because uh, I already shot the video, you won't find much about it. But if you if you type in Starvation Heights, uh, the name Linda Hazard will come up. And there, as far as I can tell by the numbers, she's she might very well be the number one serial killer. Um Maybe, maybe in the United States, certainly in Washington. I mean, she beats mm -hmm. the hell out of the Green River Killer and Ted Bundy for certain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because she was, you know, her claim to fame was she would uh, have a cure-all for patients back in the turn of the century, early 1900s. And she looked every bit of the part as far as like the Wicked Witch. And uh, you come up there and uh, she basically give you... A, you know, corn soup or tomato soup, uh, extremely watered down version of both of those things. Oh, wasn't it asparagus soup? Wasn't As it? Asparagus soup, whatever it was, basically yeah. was, you know, probably found in the dumpster or readily yeah. available to her. And uh, then uh, you'd be so delirious from her cure all uh, help that before you knew it, you know, you'd be too weak to leave. And so there were people that, you know, lots of people that died at the hands of. Of her. And so there's a cemetery not too far and it's not marked. It's definitely not marked and it is up an old trail. So that's where I went. And then people could vote on what I could bring with me. I think the choices were as far as gear, tech gear was uh, a recorder or a FLIR camera and maybe like dousing rods or something like that. And and then I said a beer, <laughs> so people allowed me to take uh, one Rainier. I voted for the beer for sure. <laughs> right, so I put a Rainier in my pocket and a tape recorder, and away I went. Now, um, let me hold on one second. There we go. Um, in all honesty, I did go up there uh, the first night, and the point was is that people could pick what not only I was going to bring, but what I was going to do. So. I was either going to sit there, look, listen, and feel, or I was going to go investigate. And with a you know, DSLR camera, DLSR camera, I don't know if the S is before the L or the L is before the S. Um, anyway, Canon camera, you only have 30 minutes 
when you're on 4K mode to run video for whatever reason. You can restart it at 30 minutes, but these cameras won't let you go past 30 at 4K. So it was a 30 minute challenge and uh, Odark30 went up there and I brought an extra light with me. And what I was planning on doing was uh, setting up a, an extra light and maybe it, it'd look a little bit better to light up the woods and the headstones with an extra production light. So as I'm walking around, um, getting to know my camera, getting to know the area, the light goes out at about 14 minutes. Now it's just the battery is fully charged, uh, but I'd never used it except for one other time. And I was outside, so I as soon as it switched off, um, I was like, okay, well, it's not going to ruin you know my strange draw. Mm. But then it really kind of, it was a distracting moment, like, okay, you know, is there a spirit here? Are, are we dealing with a battery drain? And then it yeah. just it kept happening, like it was really shutting down after that. So the battery was was toast. And I, I went back home and I checked out everything, and um, it's supposed to go for 42 minutes on a full charge, and it only went for 14, so... I ran a test and fully charged it, you know, three times, and everything worked fine at home. It didn't work so good at Hidden Hill Cemetery, but then I recovered some uh, some possible EVPs. Now, I play these in the Strange Stroll, and you can watch this video, which, um, granted, it's my first nighttime shot out doing one of these, so it's a, it's a little bit wonky as far as uh, the footage with autofocus. But uh, we'll get a, we'll get a hold of that in the future for another strange stroll. But I play the EVPs from this place, and now, unfortunately, you got to wear earbuds, I think, to even really hear this at all. But yeah, um, you do. Yeah, yeah. There's something in there. I mean, it sounds childlike to me, and it was before I even got uh, into the cemetery. It was actually in the path headed up the uh, dirt little trail now hmm. this is this is like super creepy graveyard right in the middle of the woods and a lot of these g graves are unmarked all they have is a piece of rebar with a an orange strip of uh, neon paint on the you know so you don't impale yourself walking around i think that's the creepiest thing i i <laughs> noticed about that whole thing was just these rods sticking out of the right ground that denote a body you know well yeah. and so as you're walking in you walk over this makeshift little tiny footbridge that goes over a creek now people that don't know about this place you know that happen upon it walk over this bridge and they may not know the history but you know when you build a cemetery on top of a hill and it starts eroding on the port side and starboard side bodies start rolling and that's what uh -huh. happened is that uh you know the fishermen down in the slough started to find jaw bones and you know all sorts of little bits of you know clothing and whatnot and so historians or whoever you know kind of takes care of this uh park uh, it, it's actually kind of sad because there's not really any history to it but um so I open up the video on this footbridge where the bodies were known to come down the creek into the uh, the, the slough here in the Olympic Peninsula. But 
anyway, you can check that out at uh, strangebrowradio.com. B-R-A-U is how you spell brow. Strangebrowradio.com. And we'll do another one coming up the next month here. Now, I'd love to do more of these, but I don't really feel like I'm ready for prime time to start showing uh, or waste anybody's time with uh, my filming ability. But the sound was good. Um, and I, I, uh, I thought the filming was great. I really did. Did you? Yeah. Oh, you're too cool. Yeah, no, no. It had that, it, <laughs> I, think it added, I think it added to the creepy vibe. So. Okay. But, well, fair but enough. Very, very important that it was like uncut. I mean, that's well, a, you know what added to the really creepy vibe was my growling stomach, which uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, it was it yeah. was definitely a thirty-minute challenge. Let me put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I I did uh, punish some porcelain <laughs> that evening, <laughs> and that's what happens when you uh, shop at Costco for uh, they're stroking off so. That, that did happen but so you can check that out and uh, it's a lot of fun and the next one is going to be haunted house it's an abandoned two-story yeah two-story abandoned victorian style house you know nothing but uh rot and uh trees coming through the windows it's i mean it it's everything you'd want and then the other place uh quite possibly will be uh an abandoned fort from uh, the turn of the century, and okay. so. Um, well, I, I know I know which one I'm voting for already. <laughs> yeah, I think I know yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got some locations, uh, maybe you're looking at too, Alex. I do. Yeah, the the HBI, uh, the Harriet Bay Inn. Uh, it has a quite a good history of hauntings. Um, and I scouted out another couple places. There used to be an old jail, like the, the really old jail here on Quadra, which is now an empty lot. Uh, so I think that would be cool for a night night sit, night explore. Um, yeah, there was, a, there was a few other places, but those two, I think, it, it there's a good dichotomy there. You know, it's like the inside and the outside. So I think I might stick with those. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's not just a haunt either that we're looking to do. It's uh, like let's talk about this this fort for example. Like, yeah, it's spooky. Yeah, it's an abandoned, you know, World War Two, World War One situation. Uh, probably World War Two more like it since it's right off the spit. But um, there's rumors about there being some kind of weird cult or underground Ooh. tunnel situation going on for example um one of the rumors is is that uh oh one of the founders of walmart lives uh around that area in a tiny little house like an unsuspecting billionaire lives there in this area where other unsuspected billionaires all live around this fort and one of the rumors is that they all all kind of congregate in this little <laughs> hidden society, and they utilize the fort and these old access tunnels to to get around. So there's other that's things. A, that's a good rumor. I like. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. You never know, but yeah, one can speculate. So you know, I do. I want to do haunted stuff all the time. No, not really. I'd love to, yeah. you know, just go bigfooting all the time. But um, 
you know, walking through a, a forest at night, um, I don't know if it's going to be as exciting of footage as going inside a building. You know, there's yeah. something to yeah. the risk of risking your biscuit going inside an abandoned building that yeah. uh, I think is more alluring. And, uh, you know, there's there's folks that go into abandoned houses and have whole channels dedicated to finding abandoned homes. The problem with that is, is that, well, there's a lot of problems with it. First of all, you're going inside an abandoned home and you don't know it till you get in there what the yeah. hell you're going to wander into. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of pe people that live inside shitty houses that aren't abandoned, but they may look at, you may think they are, but God help you if you walk in there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. How I, that... I can imagine, I can imagine some angry families of raccoons up here too. in some of the abandoned places I've stuck, I stuck my nose in, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to, piss off piss off raccoons don't do it don't piss yeah. off raccoons it's a well-known thing uh, <laughs> so let's uh let's talk a little bit about debunking uh that's the theme of this show and uh i think we have both have a lot to say about it mm -hmm. yeah um you know it kind of has a bad name because it falls under the, the same file as being a skeptic in my opinion, yeah. it's really, it's not the same. Uh, debunking is something, well, maybe debunking leads to being a skeptic, and maybe skeptic leads to debunking, but debunking is kind of a process before you become skeptical. And when you're dealing with guests that, you know, I've spoken to and you've spoken to, um, you have to be a little bit skeptical along the way, but you also are kind of making a mental Rolodex of debunking little elements of a story that come forth and saying, well, it could be this, it could be that. Um, yeah. I never yeah. let on because, you know, people know their own story way better than I do. And who am I to say, however, when things happen in your own life, you have to be open to the eye of debunking things. Um, so let's talk about some of these things that we've debunked. And, uh, well, what do you have to say about what I just said? Uh, it's, it's kind of part and parcel. When you live a paranormal life, uh, when you're an experiencer, an abductee, um, whatever, when, when the paranormal has saturated your life in one way or another, you have to have that in your toolbox is debunking because otherwise otherwise you could just uh, fly off in any direction and say everything's you know uh, related to the paranormal and i've had numerous experiences where that's that's my first that's my absolute first go-to is debunk this alex because that's that absolutely first important step and then if you don't find any any um, rational explanation for it, then you can explore it further in, in terms of the term paranormal, in the lens of the paranormal. Right. I think it's a safe thing to say, and it's, um, it's an uncomfortable spot for people that live a paranormal life because you get so used to the strange 
that when it, it's delivered to you, it's just like, well, this all adds up. This is part of the, you know, this strange interaction that I'm dealing with. However, um, I'll just point out a couple of, well, at least one thing that happened to us out here at the property. We started to, and this is where you come in with your debunking. Um, we were we were finding um, mushrooms on tree branches, and I thought it was strange. Erin uh, thought it was strange. She doesn't remember seeing mushrooms sitting on tree branches, but then... Uh, you brought up a good point and debunked it for us. So why are mushrooms on tree branches, Alex? Mushrooms are on tree branches because squirrels. And I was out uh, at the Campbell Lakes uh, for a walk, a hike there. And I noticed this Russula mushroom just sitting upside down in the crook of a tree branch. It was about six feet up. I was like, oh, oh, that's cool. And then I started noticing more and more and more. And some of them were like 25, 20 feet up in the tree. I'm like, so I'm going, okay, what is this? <laughs> what are we looking at here? Is this a, like a mushroom hunter who's uh, like putting signs up saying, stay out of my territory, other mushroom hunters, or is this Bigfoot? Cause I also went to like Bigfoot and took me about half an hour of searching on the internet when I got when I got back to the parking lot I'm like okay I gotta know what the heck this is because I probably found about 20 of them uh, in various levels and some trees actually had uh, maybe like five or six in the same tree all on different branches and they're all just like sitting upside down on their caps laid on a branch and at first glance it's it totally looks weird it totally looks like something that you would just like immediately put in the in the category of paranormal uh but uh so i i i typed in like mushrooms on branches and sasquatch or bigfoot and i found a lot of other people were claiming that they were posting pictures oh look this is a gift from the sasquatch you know i I, I was walking along this trail uh, yesterday, and uh, and here it is today. You know, like he, he, they've they've given me another gift of mushroom. I'm like, okay, well, there's no, this isn't doing it for me. I got I got to go further on this, and I, I can't remember how I ended up, but uh, going to it. But it turns out that squirrels make mushroom jerky. They freaking love it. So what they do is they grab the mushrooms and hike them up the tree and dry them out on a, on a tree branch and store them away for, for later. And totally documented. It's a thing. And I was, I was really glad. I was like, okay, I figured it out. You know, I, uh, I debunked those other things that I was thinking about. You know, Bigfoot or, or wayward mushroom hunters. Like, right claiming claiming their territory yeah well yeah. it gets into a tricky area uh of telling others that it's not what they think it is or you have an answer or a solution or uh you know opinion about it so i didn't i hope i didn't come off as being uh argumentative when you suggested that i was quite interested no, you in didn't. it 
But there are people that do get argumentative when you suggest oh, yeah. that there is <laughs> another oh, yeah. solution. So let's let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, how do you deal with that? Ah, uh, that is a hard one to deal with. It really is, um, especially on an online format because that's the way it usually is. Um, I've I've been on a couple of Facebook groups before, Sasquatch Facebook groups. I don't really interact with them anymore because um, it, there's just so much pareidolia and so much like, oh my God, this is this is this thing. Look at this. I'm like, no, clearly clearly it's not clearly it's this like you can see like look at that and and people got really really offended and and charged up and just like all in arms when i just suggested actually you know what that's not orbs that's actually a road and it's taillights so yeah there's probably a really good probability that that's actually a car there because there's two red lights spaced apart like a car in a you know the thing is that we're i mean in all actuality you're you're doing them a favor because you're basically yeah. you're building a case of bs and the real mccoy and there's always yeah. going to be some bs and you, you know you're going to be wrong about some stuff along the way here and it's showing people just like okay i can discern bs from the real mccoy i've done it before yeah. here's a mistake uh, you know, I'm sorry I perpetrated it for a couple of days. For example, um, you know, I posted a picture of what looked like a portal opening up in the forest. And I'd seen other people that had had this amazing, amazing spiral effect in their photographs in places like, um, you know, Sasquatch or UFO hotspots or in, uh, you know, parts of, uh, oh, gosh, when we went down to Sedona. There, you see these pictures of what looks like the environment kind of swirling down the barrel of a gun or the, you know, a rings of a hurricane or something. So I, oh, there's a crazy sound. It sounds like you're in a portal. Um, oh, I got I, trucks. I'm right by the road now. So. Yeah. yeah so I, uh, I take a picture and uh, it's, I take about 10 pictures in a hot spot at, in the Al Moon lab area after casting you know, a 17 inch uh, footprint and finding these weird white sticks leaning up the tree. And we can't duplicate this picture. You tried to duplicate it. I, tried I did. Duplicate it, yeah. But I didn't, in all honesty, and I'll be completely honest here, I thought it was so anomalous, so incredible that I didn't even go on the internet to see if anybody else had debunked this already. Now that kind of tells you about okay. an, um, confirmation bias. And yep. this is something that we have to be honest about. I mean, if, you're, if your goal is to find out the truth of the matter, then you have to find out the truth about confirmation bias because we all have it. We're, we're trying to constantly build a narrative to suit a story. And that one suited really well because it's a, it's a highly supernatural paranormal area. So I thought, well, here it is. But long story short is it was duplicated. I duplicated it like a week ago. I simp simply flicked my wrist incredibly hard to the right and fired the shutter on my iPhone XS. It's like an iPhone 10, I think. And um, I was able to duplicate it at least half the time with the shutter. 
and yeah. uh, sent you the picture. You think it's debunked like I do? I think it is. I think it is. I think it is. I, I, I wouldn't say like 100%. Uh, because you're in that area there, and you were actually, you know, uh, you were taking a picture of a, a stick structure, right? That had not been there before. Right. Um, so I, I do allow like a small percentage um, for possibility with that. Um, because the, the pictures that you sent me, um, the, but Alex, the, let me argue that point with you. Why allow? Okay, a, yeah, why, well, why even allow a percentage? Because it, it almost allows room for error since it's so debunked, in my opinion, that you can do it even if I only did it once, but I was able to accomplish it, it like on seven pictures. Right, but I did not see the exact, like, you know how the, the center was off to the left in the original picture? All of, your, all, of, all of your other ones, the center was like in the, the frame of the picture. So that's why, I'm, unless, unless you can right. duplicate it with the, the center of the swirl on your iPhone, Mm-hmm. With your flick of your wrist, with the center outside the frame, then okay, then I can allow for that little little percentage of possibility to disappear. But I, I love so, so get get to it. We're having right now is because you're the ultimate debunker, and here I'm trying to talk you into debunking something. So it's, <laughs> it's quite the change of events. But in, in regards to photos in particular, this is the biggest one because a we're dealing with new technology that updates every month. You yeah. think when you get an update on your Android device or your phone, everybody's shooting photos with their phone. When you get those updates, you don't know what you're installing or what the new uh, program is doing to your video or f- photos. So you think you know your phone one month, you don't know it the next. Yeah, all of a sudden there's these new little things. What? What? What is it? <laughs> yeah. I've never seen this. I mean, photo debunking is uh, something that a lot of people have a problem with. I mean, I I know there's been at least, well, there's probably a lot more than I can even remember. Probably so many over the last 15 years that I forgot most of them. But I can definitely think of two individuals that did, did not like my opinion over a photograph that came my way. And I, you know... I know how this feels. I, I, I'm not coming at anybody with both barrels loaded saying, okay, you know, this is bullshit and you're a hoaxer. And, you know, you, it's not like that at all. It's just like, hey, I found a solution for this. I was able to debunk it. And here's the cool thing about yeah. it. You know, we're not looking and at the paranormal. Let's put it to rest. Let's put it to rest because it doesn't need to keep circulating. Right. In, in the groups of the paranormal as like, oh, my God, look at this, you know, Sasquatch paw or Sasquatch <laughs> paw that this dog man was eating or whatever. Like, <laughs> do you remember that one? You sent no. me the picture. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. the beaver paw. The beaver paw. And I'm like, dude, yeah. this is the beaver paw. I, I had it debunked in like five minutes. Yeah. So check it out. Yeah. Well, well, the thing is, people could go online and do the hard work, but it's hard work. I mean, it's the equivalent of listening to, you know, 1,200 hours worth of audio through your ear instead of going on spectrogram and looking for it where you can bypass all the BS 
and see the signature. If you hop on Google and start start type, you know, typing in things like Snopes, for example, and yeah. you know, hoaxed uh, Bigfoot hands, maybe the beaver paw would have popped right in. But um, people don't want those kind of answers. But no, they don't. That's why. That's why I'm saying it's it's circulating. Like like that beaver paw. What was that like three months ago that you sent that to me? Yeah. It's still and circulating. I saw, I saw it pop up <laughs> yeah. the other day, and yeah. there's like 300 comments on this Sasquatch group post. I'm like, come on. <laughs> right. Uh. Yeah. And even if you show them a screen grab of a beaver, uh, you know, building a dam with that same paw, they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not good enough. You Now you're yeah. a part of the conspiracy. So yeah. photo debunking and video debunking, can you think of any other examples besides that that uh, we can put to bed in this show? Oh, well, you know, it's it's so hard to, to debunk, like, anecdotal accounts, right? Um, it's near impossible unless you do, like, the detective work. Um, but uh, I, you know, my, my accounts are pretty much, like, all that anecdotal. Like, I really don't have any physical hard evidence for these I, I i have a few scars you know on my body <laughs> from from that you know crazy experience back in 2005 but really someone could look at those oh yeah you know you probably got those up earlier or whatever but I, I i don't i didn't take any photos like i i don't have any audio all i have is my story so um but i i am i am the one to debunk those so and and I had an incredibly hard time with that. I, I tried as, as as much as I could, and I and I, you know, I can't. So, well, what what have you debunked of your own accord? Uh, of my own accord. Oh, just little things. You know, li those little things that immediately seem paranormal, and and they they want so badly to just fall into that little little weird experience paranormal box. Um, and if I, if I didn't have the debunking mindset, I'd just throw them in there and like, oh yeah, that was that. Remember when that, you know, that there was that big burst of like thing that came through the trees and, and I was like, no, 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 you got to look at this, look at this, Alex, get your, get your spectacles on, get your debunking spectacles on. Okay. Yeah. All right. That was a bird going through the trees. It wasn't a ghost like popping out of the trees and moving the leaves and branches. That was a bird. You just didn't happen to see the bird. You, just, you focused in on the leaves and the trees, and the bird's long gone. So, I mean, that's, that's just a, it's a, an example of the little things that, uh, that I notice. Um, yeah, and I, it's, it's all the little things. I mean, the big things in my life, I... <laughs> I just can't. I just can't. I, I tried so hard in hope, too, with all of those crazy ass noises out there when uh, Colin got chased, and and like I really, I really had my had my spectacles there on for that entire experience. But I really, I really can't debunk any of it. Yeah, even even when I went back, I tried uh, look looking for further evidence. Of like, okay, well, you know, let's dissect the whole experience here and try to pull it apart and and see if we can even debunk just one little bit, because yeah. Well, I but feel I, like I, you I, deal I, I with 
you deal with this better than most. I mean, confirmation bias is something I'm always pushing, you know, off. Yeah. I'm trying so hard. I mean, I'm way more skeptical than a lot of people. But yeah. the the fact is, is that I'm not 100% skeptical. And yeah. I have confirmation bias and I'm so aware of it, you know, it's like, it's one of those, it just, it feels like my sinful nature kicking in, you know what I mean? It just <laughs> feels like, oh my gosh, no wonder I'm getting taxed on beer and cigarettes here. I've got this, I've got... <laughs> but no, it's, uh, as far as like photo debunking, there's, there's so many things we could talk about. One of the things um, that people send and constantly are pictures of um, what they think are spirit entities or orbs Orbs, or uh, UFOs. And within the video, and this can happen in video too, not just photographs, is lens flare. And the the way lens flare works, because I had to learn this along the way, and so I think this is a helpful thing for people that are wanting to be better skeptics or debunkers or you know get rid of as much confirmation bias or we'll call it cb as possible get rid of your cb yeah. and um you take a pill for it, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but within the frame of a photo or video you can oftentimes see that there is a light source generally at the top right middle or top left and that light source is aiming down at usually a white, red, or um, aqua-colored glare or ball. And it will wander behind the subject. Now, I don't know how that happens, but I've videotaped the sun going down in Oregon and watched a lens flare ball uh, wander as the sun was going down below the mountain and the ball wandered behind a Doug fir tree and it mm-hmm. came out, came out the other side and it was perfectly timed a slow motion shot. So I could really appreciate it. And that was my big aha moment at how tricky all this can be because light is very tricky and mm-hmm. your phone, your phones are just your phones. You're not looking at the real image of the raw data you know uh you don't have you you have something interpreting an image through processors and it's you know it's trying to duplicate what the lens is seeing so lens flares that's my that's my yeah that's your spiel right well uh okay so yes lens flares i've seen those i've seen countless pictures of ufos you know uh uh obvious lens flare um now do we have do we have more of an issue nowadays with these these complicated cameras uh like phones because everybody's got their phone on them is is this is the digital uh camera with all of these you know um electronic whiz gig doodads installed in it uh are they more of a problem uh than uh than say an analog you know old school camera definitely more expensive yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think they are because they're trying to filter out uh the sounds that we're trying to filter in and we're trying to layer cake 
evidence here by recording audio or video, which is recorded by audio out of your camera and video, then maybe, you know, you can franzoni your way in and find, uh, you know, the paranormal existing in one of these layer, layer uh, layers of the cake. But I think you're right. I, I agree with that. I, I've heard enough to, from other people saying, you know, go grab that 20 year old tape recorder or camera. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's an Olympus tape recorder that's over a thousand dollars on eBay. And it's literally like a $30 Olympus uh, dictaphone that you could have bought at Walmart, you know, 15 years ago. And whatever is going on with that particular recorder, um, they're having a lot of success with recording EVPs. So, uh, people are willing to pay it. I think if you watch most of uh, these ghost shows, you'll be able to spot this. Uh, I know uh, Huff Paranormal on YouTube, he swears by this old Olympus, and often yeah. he'll give them away as a prize to people on his Patreon channel. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think the old well, stuff... Well, yeah, I, I would love to see like a like a renaissance return to to analog technology and in, in terms of uh ga gathering evidence uh it would be i mean some of the best evidence that i've seen that i can't debunk and numerous other people have tried uh has been captured on analog well yeah i mean when they're sweeping through with a ghost box on a you know an fm band and it's it's basically that's old technology. I mean, all they're doing mm -hmm. is changing the channel really quick, quick to try to pick up something utilizing the voice box of the recorder. But um, yeah, it's not really that that one you see all the time, and it's incredibly annoying. I can't sit and <laughs> listen to that <laughs> yeah. for hours. I, I, no, I couldn't do that either. <laughs> no, no, I'll just I'll just set myself up as my own ghost mm -hmm. box. And, you know, right now, well, one of the debunking that. Comes through. The, one of the debunkings that happened here um, recently was, um, well, it wasn't a debunking. It, it was just one of the things, well, it has me frustrated. Let me just put it that way. I haven't debunked it, but I talked to you a little bit about it. Um, there's an area inside the living room where if I get up at a certain time of the morning and sit oh, down yeah. a cup okay. of coffee, I yeah. will hear three taps about 12 inches behind my head on the glass window. And they will be very matter of fact, deliberate taps on the window, bing, bing, bing. Uh, this one today was actually relatively slow, more like a bing, bing, bing. And it sounds like a nail bed tapping on a window, uh, the window right behind me. However, even though I've had some synchronicity when I went outside and I found a tiny little bird bone uh, sitting on top of a pillow right where I heard the sound, which was pretty bizarre. There is a squirrel um, that <laughs> we have we have trained squirrels around here, but um, they have been known to come up to the bathroom window and kind of look through the window uh, asking for peanuts, right? Like it's it's time oh, to okay. come feed us. But they've never tapped on the window. Uh, certainly, they don't come up front because all the woods are in the back and all the peanuts are in the back. 
and it's not a bird strike, but because we have squirrels around that do come up to the window, um, I'm ready to debunk this one. However, I have my suspicions, and this is where confirmation bias is kind of creeping in uh -huh. about what could possibly be happening, but um, that's only because of the fact that when I came outside and found that bird bone sitting on the pillow where the tapping was, I was like, okay, well, it, what it else seemed, would this be? It seemed so much like uh, like a, a human kind of tap, like tap, tap, tap. Yeah. To, to like, but hey, very, very soft. look over here, outside. Yeah. Ooh, what's this? A bird bone on a pillow. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and that's when it, it helps to reach out to people that know more about wildlife. I mean, I didn't know anything about this mushroom jerky stuff. And, yeah. Um, Goddamn squirrels on mushrooms. I mean, you know, <laughs> they're doing all sorts of stuff that, you know, that can, can be considered paranormal. That's right. On mushrooms. Yeah. Maybe they'll start to evolve quicker if they take the right psychedelics. We'll see squirrels uh, out delivering mail and they'll yeah, be uh, totally. wearing COVID mask and running or the in store. office. Oh, we should have squirrels <laughs> in the office. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd probably be better. <laughs> now, I don't know who told me about um, owls making monkey sounds, but uh, the other day uh, I was. It might have actually been when I was doing my first round up at Hidden Hill Cemetery. Yeah, because yeah, you can hear well, you can hear them in your second one. But yeah, yeah, the, and the, the barred owls and barred owls, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? No, actually, now that I'm getting back to this, I think. Well, no, no, no. I'm losing track. This was a recent audio clip, and I posted it up on my Facebook site under my private name, Tobe Johnson. And you can find it there. But um, barred owls make incredible monkey sounds. You've heard and other too? sorts of sounds. Oh my god, they they are one of like the, the out of craziest audio out of any like owl. Um, I have had some like really awesome experiences with barred owls. Um, most notably, this one where I was just out on my porch drinking some wine with my with my then wife and you hear them going and then just like 30 or 40 of them around us just erupt in all sorts of like wild noises wild noises but yeah i think yeah the the it the barred owl can is is very adept at doing uh, many um, vocalizations whereas you hear a, a great horned owl they have mm -hmm. kind of like one one or two kind of hoots but uh, but uh, the barred owl is definitely uh, up on that scale there so I totally can see them doing like monkey noises yeah and uh, we have a stellar Jay back here that has trained himself to do a hawk cry and so mm. that's uh his way of i don't know pushing himself into areas that he probably couldn't normally get into but when he does this really distinctive hawk cry through the woods and then he comes in and you know steals all the peanuts or whatever's going on um i mean these oh he's try probably trying to frighten the damn squirrels eh? 
Oh, I think yeah. so. I mean, he's doing a great job. It's a pretty, yeah, very close to the real McCoy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it helps to, to reach out to people that know more than you, especially <laughs> when it comes to uh, people that are out there looking for Sasquatch or trying to have interaction. Uh, you need to reach out um, more so and look on Google and listen to sounds. I mean, there's databases. I, I don't know of any offhand. I know that there's whole databases to bird sounds. There's got to oh, be yeah. a huge oh, databases. Yeah. So yeah. you could be out there debunking this uh, yourself. But um, yeah. that confirmation yeah. bias is a, is a real tricky little demon. Well, yeah, that's... Uh going back to our experiences in hope when colin was um struck by the vibratory sound the all right that's one of one of my debunking um explorations on that one was okay well was it a was it a bird like what what kind of bird does that so i went looking at um grouse uh, like the blue spruce grouse, and and I I went in on those bird databases. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, well, no, it's it's no, it's not that, it's not that. But that's yeah, I I had to go that route just to just to I don't know, just to debunk it, right? No, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, uh, there's some crazy bird sounds. Uh, grouse oh, is, is yeah. one of them, a, a little tiny field grouse can sound super big and you can yeah. feel it as much as you can hear it yeah yeah and another crazy one is a night hawk when it dives oh, bombs it. for for bugs uh that yeah. one will scare the hell out of you if you don't know what it is it, yeah it's uh i wish i had all these sounds queued up but um anyone want to hear a crazy oh. sound uh, listen night, to a night hawk kind of sounds like uh some yeah really neat and they're all flying above and yeah yeah really it sounds cool. me it almost sounds mechanical yeah it does it, it, yeah. it's got that kind of vibratory like mechanical sound to it yeah yeah so, yeah totally yeah, yeah. um yeah but were... you know they're they're uh, i mean part of the part of a sasquatch uh um suspected or, or whatever sasquatch interactions is this like mega owl sound you know that uh, people report and it it yeah it's like well it sounded like an owl but owls don't have lungs that big because this sound was like freaking loud so i would love to hear one of those I mean, you know and i've never heard the 800 pound owl yeah never i mean it, if i did i i didn't know it at the time and i i just thought it was just thought uh, it was an owl i just yes. thought it was an owl but uh we took a camera crew uh, out with us in Oregon, and it was a young group uh, from the University of Oregon. And I don't know if they're just doing a, a student project or what, but they uh, they were all gung ho about going uh, out in a Sasquatch ridden area. And so we get them in a field, and uh, we're all you know parked our jeeps with the headlights pointing in on us, and they start rolling camera and. Um, so we're just kind of introducing them to the subject matter and the sun goes down and uh, about four owls came into the circle on the edge of the tree line and they're kind of placed themselves at different points in the tree line. Now, yeah. I don't know if they were owls or not, 
but uh, they were so unnerved by the monkey part that was happening with the barred owl and the, yeah. it echoed it echoed really good and um one of the guys uh got so scared he left and he i mean everyone had to leave at that point because he was like the sound guy or whatever but um yeah he oh, couldn't wow. make it yeah it was just too much you know being in the woods at night uh is not an adrenaline rush that uh everybody wants well no not everybody can take that uh, you know i i love being in the woods at night and and it's it's definitely a sound amplifying environment when you're when you're in the woods at night because the the ambient noise is down um and uh, it's really a, anything that's out there is really focused you know so a, a, a little night bird wandering through the brush can sound like a like a coyote sized creature yeah yeah what are the funnier uh, debunks that uh we got out of the al moon lab was uh, one of the cast of characters i mentioned is a a farmer that lives up on a hill by the name of Wormy. Yeah, and, Wormy. Uh, Wormy kept some <laughs> odd hours. Uh, so we were doing a lot of recording. And, you know, we had to, once in a while, we had to figure out where Wormy was at in relationship to our audio equipment. But uh, Wormy played the trumpet. <laughs> especially after oh, a, okay. especially after a couple beers. <laughs> He'd be out there bugling. And uh, we thought, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Trumpet playing worm farmer. Oh. oh my god, you got some characters. Though. Oh, we did, man. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the things that, that we recorded was what we thought was a Sasquatch farting, and it oh, yeah. was actually uh, Wormy uh, cleaning out his uh, the, the, the spit part of his uh, trumpet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one I figured out on my own, but uh, at first, like, oh my gosh, I think it's a Sasquatch fart. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been very exciting because it's probably the first audio of a Sasquatch fart ever. <laughs> That's a good question. Do Sasquatches fart? I don't know. Someone else fart. I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Google that shit, everybody. Google it. <laughs> yeah. So we, we went down the lens flare road. What about audio equipment? Uh, audio... Have you ever debunked audio? I have not. I can't say I have. Um, I'm just starting to get into audio. Um, in terms of my own experiences, uh, there's only one audio, well, actually a couple, but uh, the, the one that comes to mind for me as a personal debunk, which I failed to debunk, uh, was when I was on uh, Strange Familiars, uh, me and Colin. And we all left for a break. We all left our respective computers to go to the washroom, have a break. Tim went and got a drink. And this, I later, li listening to it later, and this was on our end. It didn't show up on, on his, Tim's recording. But this was on our end because Colin was like, had a cell phone sitting by my iPad, which uh, we were Skyping. And clear as day something says alex right after i was telling this intense part of the story where i i was uh said alex like 
multiple times and i i still can't i still can't debunk this but it definitely says alex and i don't know why or who said it mm-hmm. uh i wish i could debunk it i really wish i could but there's just yeah i don't i just don't have the information too well let's dig into that comment why do you wish you could Uh, why do I wish I could? I mean, I've said that before too. It's like, yeah. oh, I wish I could. I wish, wish I could find. Is it the hunger to find the answer, or is it to disprove? No, it's it's. You know what it is. It's when you when you have a, a large category, a large category of experiences, um, like you really need to pare it down. And, and that's why debunking is important, especially in, a, in an extended experiencer's life, is you really need to, like, cut things out that aren't, that, that don't, uh, that aren't paranormal, that, that don't fall into that category. And, and that's what I was trying to do with that one was cut that out. So, oh, yeah, no, that was just an audio, audio anomaly. It was something to do with the 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 cell phone and and skype and it it did did like an echo or something like that but it doesn't even sound like like i was saying my name alex alex and it does not sound like me it sounds like someone completely different it doesn't sound like any of us so i couldn't do that um but yeah it's it i think it's very important uh especially for an extended experiencer to basically cut the wheat from the chaff and mm-hmm. uh, and get down to those hard nuggets, those little mm-hmm. kernels that you really that are are the important ones. Right. Yeah. And, and you're strengthening your own sanity by doing that, by doing the hard work of separating the wheat from the chaff and finding what BS and finding out what is not BS. You're able to mitigate the paranormal in a way that you can manage it. If you throw yeah. everything into the supernatural bin and say, here it goes again, here it goes again, you're going to go nuts. This is going to not be yeah. a good turn of events for you because not everything is supernatural. It's just, yeah. it's not, it doesn't work that way. It's not, it's not. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the, the others or, whoever you're dealing with in the, in the paranormal, um, be it the Greys or the Sasquatch, or I think there's an appreciation for that, too, like from the other side. Oh, that's yeah, just totally. my That's just my feeling, anyway. Now, getting to um, your name being mentioned, uh, we tried to debunk a situation that happened for the... Um, I want to call it Primal People Convention uh, that we did, but uh, that's not the name for the convention. It was the re- recent uh, webinar, the two-day uh, Sasquatch uh, webinar that we did. And right. it'll be available uh, relatively soon, I think, uh, online for people that weren't able to go to it. And I think there's going to be another version of it in October. But the one that we just did was a two-day, two-day evolution and I was talking about the Al Moon Lab for two days. And um, Daryl, 
name was mentioned. Now, I mentioned his name, obviously, in relationship to the whole case. Um, but on the second day, it was mentioned even more. And there came a point in the webinar where all of a sudden, now just imagine, like everybody's doing webinars now, you have this Brady Bunch view on your screen of all the panel speakers all basically doing a debriefing at the end of this two-day evolution and <laughs> while one of the panel speakers was speaking Daryl's face shows up on the screen <laughs> and it's just this uh, still picture of a photo of him from the nose looking up as though his phone is sitting in his hand or on the kitchen counter and it's just this image of Daryl and so I comment privately to one of the speakers and a couple other people you know trying not to interrupt the flow of a conference it's like does anybody else see what I see here on the screen mm -hmm. and they're like yeah who is that and I said I know who that is but how is this happening you how know, is this happening what what's going on to yeah. be invited into a private webinar, this like, you know, to, to run a Zoom webinar is fairly a lengthy process as far as getting into it. You can't just... Yeah. Now, there was some shenanigans going on with Zoom, though, during that time. They had a huge security breach, and people were basically bombing into Zoom meetings for the fun of it, and... You know, it was a whole thing that it was kind of a scandal. So, but Daryl didn't have a code to this Zoom meeting and to that particular webinar. No, he didn't. No, and out of no. the billions of people on the planet, the <laughs> the one guy uh, that gets Zoom. So I I contact Daryl. I'm like, dude, did you get a code to come in here? I was actually going to uh, you know have you on anyway and talk more about the case. And he goes, what are you talking about? He had just gotten back from like Costco and um, had both of his grandkids in his arm. And I was like, there's an image of you on this, you know, webinar we're doing right now. How did this happen? He had no idea. Yeah. And then as quickly as it came, and I didn't see this part, I just saw his image disappear. But according to Mitchell Townsend, um, who was one of the panel speakers, he said that his picture left the screen in a prismatic waterfall. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. What? He said it melted off the screen like a prism of pixels down, Whoa. like a little ribbon effect or a waterfall of pixels off the screen. And I recorded his expression. You know, this whole thing has been recorded, yeah. actually. Yeah. But yeah. his his eyeballs as he's watching this <laughs> picture oh, of Daryl. You can see that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Can you can you earmark the the time the timestamp for for that? Okay. Uh, no, no. 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 Now this only happened on Mitchell's screen. So oh, he he okay. was he was in a different location watching on his monitor. I was yeah. uh, you know in charge of the control booth recording the whole thing. I don't think it happened on my screen. I think that only happened on his. Now, was that? I'll do a little debunking on maybe what that oh, was. No, I, I just, I just want to see his reaction. Like, if, oh yeah, no, his reaction is on good. The panel there. That's what I want <laughs> yeah, to see. Yeah. yeah. Now, a little bit of debunking though is maybe what was happening is that Mitchell was having connectivity issues, 
and it was a computer lag that looked like a prismatic waterfall and in actuality it was a wi-fi issue on his end because he was struggling a little bit so that could have been what it is but still his expression was priceless and i don't think there is a way to debunk this now i'm open to solutions was it just a picture of daryl that came up or was there his name there no that's the other thing too is that there was um it utilized the name of another speaker okay and so it had another speaker's name, I believe, attached to his picture, which was just a screen grab. And um, what else am I forgetting? It was the same size as everybody's picture. It was though yeah. he was just a panel speaker all the time. Yeah, sudden. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and Daryl's had these kind of interactions with his phone before too. Like well, weird, that I know anomalous, of, anomalous right. stuff. At yeah. least, at least three other times that I know of. Yeah. 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 So I don't know, but uh, I'm I'm open to suggestions. If you can debunk that, get a hold of me at strangebrowradio at gmail dot com. I'd love to know how uh, how something like that happened. But that was uh, that was a pretty interesting one and kind of similar to your name being mentioned uh, by. A, yeah. It sounds like by a, something paranormal. Something paranormal, yeah. Or you have your, I mean, maybe you have your phone tapped. Uh, Is that possible? It actually might be possible. Someone keep an eye on you, especially if you say code words, you know, about certain certain things that have happened in the past. I know, I know, certain beings keep an eye on me from time to time. And that's when I've that's when I've tried to debunk was the Uh, black eyed person. That was a hard one, but oh. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I Remind not, people uh, about the story. Oh, well, it's, uh, okay, well, I guess that would be, yeah, back to episode 39, Strange Brow Radio, uh, where I go into my whole uh, contact experience with uh, what I perceive to be the greys, and at one of the points, uh, way after uh, 2005, I think it was 2010. Um, no, 2000. No, it was further than that. It was 2016, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm driving with my sister and her two boys, and we're going around a bend. We had just had the second impossible fly experience where I, we were fossil hunting and this absolutely massive fly landed right behind me. And it was, it was two inches long, like the one I saw in my experiences. But I didn't recognize it as such until I saw, until I turned the corner uh, while dropping them off to, to, uh, to our mom's house. And while I'm turning the corner, I drive by really slow past this one vehicle. And in the vehicle, it's just a normal looking dude. He's staring right at me, absolutely locking eyes the entire time I'm driving by at like maybe, maybe five kilometers an hour, 10 max. And I'm locked eyes with him. I'm locked eyes with him as well because the old the thing that i notice primarily 
I'm taking in a lot of detail here, but like the thing I'm noticed primarily is his eyes are completely black, like completely black. And I pass the vehicle. I I'm gripping the steering wheel tight. I get this sense of dread. I start like, whoa, whoa. I'm like, Chantel, did you just see that? And she, obviously she didn't because she's looking right at me. It's a right-hand drive vehicle that I have at the time. And she's looking right at me, talking away. So no one else saw it but me. And yeah, I was like, holy shit, that guy had completely black eyes. And I, I don't think Chantel has any idea of any of this kind of uh, world. So she's like, oh, well, okay. And uh, later that evening, I actually went to my very skeptical girlfriend's house. She, um, she was, uh, at the time, I was with her, and she, she was a very skeptical person. I, I was just like, oh, my God, this thing happened. I saw this, like, dude, and completely black eyes. And so she's, like, totally on it. She's, like, totally throwing out the debunking cards okay well it must have been the light you know you, it must have been like a reflection from the paint or like a shadow from like the the roof of the car i'm like no no because i'm lining all these things up i'm like the sun was there the sun was directly on him um and it was late afternoon so he had full sunlight and yeah i can't debunk this i but uh yeah it's uh, it it was very synchronistic, especially with the the appearance the the appearance of the second impossible fly, and you know with within half an hour I saw that black eyed dude, and he was definitely keeping tabs on me. So. Okay, and well, is there since you already already had an impossible fly moment, do you? Do you worry that there's confirmation bias in from the fact that you are waiting for synchronicity to arrive? Hmm. Uh, I don't feel I am waiting for synchronicity to arrive. Synchronicity just kind of happens. And, and if it does happen, I'll notice it. Because I've always got my, like, antenna up anyways. But, um... That was just too big of a synchronicity there. I mean, these these flies do not exist around here. They don't exist. I've I've done the research. Like I've even contacted UBC, University of British Columbia, the etymology. Uh, sorry, the um, uh, not etymology. Uh, what's insect? <laughs> um, oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's something along those lines. Bugology. Anyways, yeah. the the bug the bug department, the the experts in bugs, they never emailed me back. Like I can't I can't find any information on this fly, and I literally have searched probably a total of ten hours uh, trying to find this this specific species of fly that I've seen twice and yet doesn't exist here. So let's put it I'm out there. See, let's put it out I'm there. Anybody? See it twice, yeah. 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 I mean, anybody who's uh, listening, do some research for us and uh, see if you can find out. You're saying it's a two inch long fly, right? Yeah, like a two inch long horse fly ish kind of okay. thing. And it would I, be I, up I, in BC, which would be even yeah. more rare. 
Yeah, yeah it's not Van- like in Van- South America. No, no, no. It's it's Vancouver Island. I mean, I've looked up like the largest horseflies in the world, and they're in mm-hmm. Europe. It's like this black horsefly that's inch, maybe an inch half long. But the sucker, God, they they were like two inches. I was holding my rock hammer on it. It was poking out either side, like <laughs> they just. It, and it's it's maddening. It really is. You need it's a twenty-two like, for that instead of a can of rain. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> why can't I find this thing? You know, I really, I really do. I really had the drive to like find out if this was an actual species of fly that was living on Vancouver Island, or or at least right. an invasive species. But I can't even find any 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 fly that big in the world. So, hey, you know, bug enthusiasts out there, insect enthusiasts out there. Please contact me and and let me know what the heck this creature is. Now, you're going to be bummed out if uh, someone finds out the name of this fly. Like, uh, you know, if they come back with it, does it, you know, mute your story or the moments that you've had? I mean, I understand well, I don't how that it, might feel. I don't think it does. Um, because even if it's a natural occurring creature and not like a... Uh, just like a, a spark, a physical spark of the paranormal, just there for me. Even if it's a if, if it's a naturally occurring creature, they both came to me at very very paranormal soaked times in my life. Incredibly soaked, incredibly paranormal, paranormally soaked times. And even if it's a natural creature then I, I, I will say, okay, cool, thank you. It's a natural creature. But <laughs> it arrived in these totally synchronistic, just like boom, boom. Right. That, you know, so there's that. There's, la- there's that leftover. And, yeah. But if it doesn't exist, it adds weight to the story. You're saying if it does well, exist, it doesn't take yeah. away the weight. No, it doesn't take away the weight yeah. because the, it's 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 my personal experience and and you know if I if I if the second impossible fly experience wasn't followed up directly after with a black-eyed person sighting, okay, you know that wouldn't that wouldn't carry the weight of this like personal experience, but because it was like boom boom, yeah, it's it's there with me, like it. It is cataloged in, in in my in my book of one of my like wow moments in in paranormal experience. It would be even crazier if he had fly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I would have drove off the road at that point. Yeah. All right. So yeah. you got I mean, it. They may as well be fly eyes, big black <laughs> right. eyes, just staring at you. Like, yeah. 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 All right. So we'll see if we can make the impossible fly possible. We'll see what yeah. see what people people can find out. Bring it on, people. Well, any last thoughts on debunking? Um. Well, I think it's incredibly important. Keep it as a primary toolkit. If you're into the paranormal, if you're an extended experiencer, or just a casual experiencer, keep that in your back pocket. And pull that card out as much as you can. 
because the the more the more chaff that you get to get away from the wheat, the sweeter those kernels are, man. All right, man. I think yeah. uh, I think that's what I would take away with it, and hopefully we didn't offend anybody. I, I'm not coming at people that uh, are holding on to their bits of uh, evidence and saying, you know, believe me at all cost. I'm talking to people that are rational, <laughs> that, yeah. uh, you know, are new to this perhaps, or uh, w- want to look at it through a different set of uh, fly eyes and uh, (laughs) take away take away a little bit more than what they came with and i i hope this helped but uh, yeah debunking i think uh we probably trimmed every branch off that tree um now i was going to ask you something too here alex um you had a copy you had a chance to listen to uh the al moon lab i did uh, i was going to bring that up okay so what, what was your experience Okay, hella good, all right? Um, Like, you set the tone so perfectly, and you go into the story with a really good cadence, and the amount of information in there is just awesome. Like, the... the, uh, There's so much in there so many experiences so many tied experiences um with with various people and the story just progresses like well it's not a story it's a it's your experience right in this um and the especially with the addition of uh the audio in there i'm glad you released it as an audio book because uh to people who do listen they can experience that as well um right there um in the storyline which i think is very important you would be missing out on that if uh uh, with a with a paperback uh, paper book but um get into it if you haven't listened to it listeners get into it three bucks come on what do you got to lose that's real nice of you man now I, i was mainly asking uh just based upon the fact that you've had a more extraordinary life than my own and as someone who is listening to someone who's, you know, well, I would say I would say different, extra, different experiences. I, uh, yeah, yeah we've, I mean, we've, I have I, both, I have an experience that really a child. extraordinary things like yeah. we really have, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I trust your opinion, and uh, I appreciate the kind words. And uh, if you want to get a, a copy of it all you got to do is go be a three dollar patreon member you can do it for a month and download a bunch of stuff uh including the book and you can absolutely download it it's at uh patreon.com forward slash strange brown then it just boots you over to a soundcloud and you can download it and put it on your favorite digital device and uh you know it's four and a half hours uh that's how long it takes to read the story you know 15 years and four and a half hours is as quick as i could a lot of audio in there and um i don't think i put any of the uh daryl adams digital device stuff there's uh there might be an addendum to this book eventually uh after a couple months but um there'll be uh maybe some new sounds coming in for certain for people on patreon but um anyway the the al moon lab three bucks and uh let me know what you think of it. and um, A shared paranormal experiment. Boom. Share it. Yeah. 
Um, I got. I got to say, while listening to that, I found myself slightly envious of some of the stuff that you have experienced. Okay, like what? Um, the arc welding thing in the woods. That one, like, yeah, that really shaped me. Uh, yeah, that was. I mean, that's one I come back to. I don't come back to it every day, but I used to, you know, and it's yeah. nearly, I think that happened in 2010 time frame, so 10 years. But yeah, it reminded me of being a three wise men following, you know, the star of Bethlehem. Yeah. Like it was so awe-inspiring, so angelic, so close and so low. I mean, less than 50 feet up or 75 feet up and, and so big that uh it it really it does those kind of events just they change you and not everybody's going to be on a, on board with your new life uh yeah. after you've been changed yeah. like that i mean you understand that comment oh hell yeah 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 i've never seen any lights in the woods and to those people you know you you in particular like i i, I do have i admit i do have this little kernel of like enviousness because I would really love to see some. Okay, well, the standing invite, as soon as yeah. uh, they open up the borders. Um, <laughs> totally. Okay. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen the lights here on the property, and I'm trying to think if I've seen the lights at all um, in Washington yet. Maybe once real quick, but not on the scale that uh, I, I want to, but... Maybe yeah. uh, you're the frequency we need to, to amp up the lights out here. I don't know. I definitely have to come back down. I mean, I gotta I gotta visit La Push again. I have some apparently some unfinished business there that I gotta take care of. Okay. Yeah. We well, got La Push. I mean, I think we were just in La Push last week. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a really cool area. Yeah, yeah, I had this absolutely strange experience that uh, I absolutely totally forgot about until like a month ago when someone reminded me. <laughs> it's like, what? Okay. That that happened? Uh, yeah, don't you remember that? <laughs> and yeah. we'll try to get you out to um, Manresa Castle, which hopefully will be opening up here. Things are opening up, um, you know, all the churches I think are open up now for Sunday worship or whenever you go to church i think you can um and i think nature will follow behind the spirit here retail stores um aren't too far away and uh, i don't think uh, mm -hmm. hotels have shut down at all really out this way but uh at uh, manresa castle in port towns in washington we were doing our bi-monthly events out there and uh, things got shut down because of COVID. But uh, if we can get back, uh, we'll get you out there. And it's real, uh, it's just a super historic, beautiful landmark I'm in Port Townsend. So looking forward to coming. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cool, Which man. reminds me, I got to get my passport. <laughs> oh, I need one of those too. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I, I didn't know that you didn't have one. Uh, I let it lapse. Because oh, I wasn't, no. I wasn't going, I wasn't planning on going anywhere. So. Right. Well, that takes a while. You don't just get those in a week. Yeah, it's like a month or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll start on that now. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow. Ah, shit. Tomorrow's Sunday. They're closed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. <laughs> All right. Hey. Well, cheers. Good talking to you. We'll see you next. Yeah. Month. You too. All right.
the impossible fly. Let's see if you can make it possible. Uh, a very strange, large, black fly from Alex's world. And once again, sitting back with one of his sour beers, which I guess one day, if he buys me a pint, I may have to try that. But it sounds just horrible. Give me a can of Rainier. Ice cold Rainier any day, rather than what Alex is attempting to call a beer. Okay, um, what do we have coming up? Oh, yeah, you can, uh, as we mentioned, check out the Al Moon Lab. That is available at strangebrowradio.com. Three bucks, it's all yours. And I think eventually I will have an addendum to that book there, especially for patron members that uh, stay patron members. Three bucks, it's yours. You can download it for three bucks and and then unsubscribe from patreon.com. But that's at patreon.com forward slash strangebrowradio directly or listen to a sample at strangebrowradio.com. And uh, check out the old Strange Stroll. It, uh, it's quite a story. Starvation Heights. I don't do it uh, justice in my 30 minutes, of course, but the book, you could download the book, I'm sure, on Amazon and read it on Kindle, or I don't know what the other options are besides Kindle. I'm so out of the loop with it all, but check out Starvation Heights. Here's where we'll be every Monday. You can find us, strangebrowradio.com. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for hitting the little alert bell button on YouTube and uh, checking out our merchandise. Got some really cool uh, summer tees and hoodies available, coffee mugs and such. That's under the merch section at strangebrowradio.com. Plug, plug, plug. All right, you know how it goes. I will see you in the trees. Mm-hmm.